Welcome back to another episode of Time Out with the Sports Doctor, where life, sports, and medicine intersect. I'm your host, Dr. Derek Burgess. I was like, do I want to get my one shot of glory in the FA team, or do I want to wake up 10 years from now, not in pain, I'm able to get on the ground and play with my kids, I'm able to go on a hike, I'm able to be active, I'm able to thrive in my life, you know, like, what what do I want? Do I want my whole life, or do I want these next couple years of in the FA team? So welcome back, everyone. So if you did not hear last week's episode, which is actual part one of a two-part interview series with Lieutenant Jessica Grantham, it's a must that you go back and listen. But for a brief recap, uh, in last week's episode, we heard about the story of Lieutenant Jessica Grantham going through the U.S. Naval Academy and overcoming many obstacles, including almost a two-year recovery from an Achilles tendon tear uh, to enter into naval flight school and start off at the bottom of her class and ascend to graduate number one uh, from the Naval Flight School. However, as her career begins to blossom, another major orthopedic injury sidelines her again. And that's where we start off in this this current episode. So for anyone who's ever put in you know, hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, to get to the point where you can pretty much reach out and grab your dream and to see it slip away, you definitely want to hear this episode because you will really relate to the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations that Naval Flight Officer Jessica Grantham goes through. And she was kind enough to share this story, not necessarily looking back, but in real time as she continues to go through rehab go through the recovery process to try to regain her full function. So without further ado, let's jump into this episode. And the first day we are doing parachute landing training, which is like maybe a four foot platform. And you go once going forward and then once going backwards to simulate if the wind was blowing you backwards mm-hmm. and you'd still have to land with minimal injury uh, going backwards. And so the first one going forwards, totally fine. Hit it, nailed it, stop, drop and roll and good. And then the second one going backwards, I don't know what it was. I think I just got disoriented, but instead of landing on two feet, knees bent, going into a roll, very easy. I landed exclusively on my right leg. It was locked out. And from the second I hit the ground, I heard crunch, snap, crackle, pop. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and I was right after that, I couldn't even walk. Like my knee had swollen to the side of a basketball. I was in so much pain. And I was like, this is not good. Like I cannot continue my swim fist training like this. So that's when I'll go to urgent care and the doctor will say, Hey, it's fine. And I'm like, I have oh, not been so- to medical school. But right, you land fully extended, knee collapse, snap, crackle, pop. Needs size yep. of a basketball, and you go to urgent care yep. and they say, "Here's your ibuprofen, ice, and uh, return to return to your duty in two weeks." <laughs> yeah, they gave me a set of crutches, and they were like, "Hey, keep off it, and then come back if it gives you any problems." And I was like, "Uh, no, sir." So that's when I made an appointment with the orthopedic surgeon, and I was like, "I am not trusting this diagnosis, and I'm not going to accept that this is all that it is because I've actually sprained my knee before, and 
the first day was really painful. And the second day with a brace, I was walking with one crutch and then I needed a brace for like maybe a week later. And then I was walking again. Like that's how quickly a knee sprain for me worked. So I already had that reference to go off of. And I was like, this is not a sprain. And in Navy medicine, you really have to advocate for yourself because there are some people who can misdiagnose you and it happens all the time, like more times than I want to admit. And so you have to advocate for yourself. If you're not satisfied with that diagnosis or if the problem consists, you really have to fight for yourself because the only person that's going to be left to pick up pieces is you. So I was like, this is not a sprain. And I go up to the orthopedic surgeon and the orthopedic surgeon is, you're right. This is not a sprain. <laughs> Uh, at best your Achilles, your uh, ACL is completely torn. Um, but I think there's something else in there. So we need to schedule you for an MRI. Of course, the MRI was completely booked up for weeks. So I have to wait about a month for an MRI. Yeah. So, so we're, we're now in September, 2020 and pandemic is fully ranging and the MRI is, is booked up, you know? So Meanwhile, I'm not flying. And to a squadron that is actively flying, that is a burden to carry. Of course, my squadron was super nice about it, but it was still hard on them to cover for me because I should be flying. And we kind of like ease the load between each other by rotating the schedule and having different people fly on different days. And so it was hard squadron to have me there and not flying. So that was a stressor. Um, it was a stressor because I was in extreme pain and it wasn't a stressor because my husband is currently deployed and he has been deployed since May and he is not coming back anytime soon. So I'm alone in crutches, possibly seeing surgery in California, very well with no family in California in the middle of a pandemic. I just got over COVID the month before no family, nothing. So, um, of course I had friends and I actually had the spouses group. So other spouses that were also married or with people in Andrew's squadron um, who supported me. And I could not have gotten it through without them because they really picked up where my family could not, you know, my mom could only take so many days at that time. COVID travel was extremely limited. So it was even a surprise that they could come out at all. Um, and they really, really helped get me through. So I had a small little community that, that kind of helped me, but for the most part, I was alone with crutches. <laughs> wow. So let's fast forward to surgery. So you had surgery finally when? So I had surgery finally October 27th of 2020. My orthopedic surgeon is a diamond in the rough. So I've already said that Navy medicine can be a hit or miss a lot of the time. And my surgeon was on it. He is extremely personable, extremely knowledgeable. And the thing that I loved about him the most is that everything that we did was uh, like informed consent between me and him. So he said, Hey, I have these three repairs that I can do on your knee. You go look them up, you research them, you watch the videos and you tell me which one you want for your body, right? He didn't say, Hey, I'm the surgeon. This is what we're doing. And this is what you have to do because I say so. He was like, Hey, I have all this information. I know which one I kind of want to do, but you tell me what you want to do. And it was awesome because I really felt like I was in the process. Like I um, ended up going with a quad tendon or quad patellar tendon repair. Um, so it's a little bit of beefy quad muscle, a little bit of a bone graft. And it's a really, really strong repair for yeah. 
and ACL. Um, so your options were, I'm assuming, hamstring, quad tendon repair, or bone patellar bone, bone tendon bone. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so because of bone tendon bone, I didn't do that because we do quite a bit of kneeling. Yes. Um, to inspect the jet. And I did not want to be crawling around underneath the jet and constantly in pain every single time. Um, so I was like, that doesn't seem good for me. Uh, but it does have a quick recovery. So I had to keep that in mind because I still wanted to go on deployment. Um, the hamstring, I, at least for women, um, and this is just research between what I had talked to other people who had had that repair. Um, it ends up being a little bit of a looser uh, repair, like a looser graft, and you kind of lose some of that hamstring strength overall. And so I did not want that because I was like, I need strong thighs for G forces. I want strong legs. And so I was like, you know what? I've got quads to spare. Let's <laughs> use the quad patellar uh, graft and the scar will be on the top side. So I won't need to worry about kneeling uh, too much. And it, it seemed to work out for me. All right. So quad uh, ACL reconstruction. Um, did you have any other injuries, meniscus or cartilage injuries? So I actually did. So it's funny because this injury seems so simple, right? You're jumping yeah. off something that's barely as high as a truck bed. And it was a perfect storm. injury. So my ACL was fully severed. Um, and then my meniscus on the lateral side, so this is the outboard side, had torn apart from the root. Mm. Uh, and so it was just kind of flopping around. And then because of all the impact, um, I had, gosh, I forget the dimensions, but it's a quite a big chunk of cartilage knocked off of my femur. It's, it's, very, it's very bad. And it was down to the bone, which is grade four, I believe. Yes, grade four. Um, so it was a pretty serious injury. And he was, he gave me the option. He was like, Hey, this isn't cancer. So we don't have to do this now. You can continue with your career. But he's like, if we don't contain the cartilage hole, it will continue to peel off. And cartilage is one of those things that we don't easily get back if at all. Uh, so we, I, I would like at least caution you to consider that and the ACL, we can come back and do any other time. And I was like, you know what? we already got to go in. So let's just do the whole thing. Um, so I had a chondroplasty, which is where they take the cartilage hole and they try and contain it. So they cut off all the rough edges, all the peeling edges, um, so that the hole is contained and it's not going to spread like a banana peel, you know, it's not going to continue to peel off. It will just stay contained like that. Um, and then we had a meniscus root repair. So we reattached the meniscus to the bone. Um, and we had a full ACL uh, repair with that quad patellar graft. Man, you are talking like you are in your third or fourth year of orthopedic residency. So. <laughs> I felt like it a little bit. I was like, hey, I watch YouTube. I got yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, you are the, the naval flight officer. You're, you're kind of like the co-pilot anyway. So let me scrub in and help you out, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, no, but it was awesome. Like I felt like that knowledge was really empowering and it gave me a lot of confidence about my recovery. Turns out that quad graft is probably one of the most painful <laughs> harvest sites ever. I mean, my pain level was crazy after the surgery. Um, and insult to injury, obviously my husband isn't here. 
Um, he wants to be here and I'm kind of doing it. My mom and dad take 10 day shifts. So my mom comes out first. Um, obviously who would not love to have a physician right. and your mom yeah. kind of with you for that first uh, couple of days. And then dad uh, came out and did his best. You now as dads do. <laughs> right. <laughs> not quite here, mom, baby. But, here, baby. <laughs> but, but he, he, he gave it his all. Yeah. Um, and then I was on my own, uh, three weeks post-op uh extremely painful still and i'm pretty much on my own to get around um and i'm a very like independent person and it was hard asking people for help and kind of being in that spot where i can't walk for six weeks i can't drive for six weeks i still have to get to work i have to beg borrow and steal car rides everywhere um i had to ask people to do my groceries before i found out about uh um instacart that was awesome, and, those life-changing yeah. instacart that, that's yes. what it is um <laughs> so before i found out about that i had people that had to get me groceries i had people that had to i had to have someone come clean for me because i was like i cannot clean by myself i had to have someone to help me make my bed like it was it was it was very raw kind of being in that vulnerable state where um i had to continue to ask people for help and those people showed up right so I was like, I try not to, I try to spread the, spread the load, right? Like you don't want to hit up one person too many times, but all in all, it really taught me like my friends are actual friends who will come help me if I need it. So that was awesome. All right. So now through surgery, starting rehab, let's talk about how your therapy went. So it was hard, right? Like getting the quad to wake up is a big feat. Um, and you spend most of the four to six weeks kind of getting that quad to wake back up, to activate, to kind of like not be lethargic and sleepy. Um, and so you're constantly doing quad flexing movements. You're doing glute activators. You're trying everything not to get your muscle to kind of waste away post-surgery. And of course it's going to do it anyway, but you're yep. trying your best not to. Um, and so I think the day that I finally got my foot an inch off the ground, I was like leaping for joy. I was like, look at me. I got a whole <laughs> inch off the table. We are in here. We are doing it. Like, for a straight leg raise. Right? And then I think within a couple of days, yeah, a straight leg raise. Uh, within a couple of days, I got a full leg raise. And I was like, oh, I mean, wow, we are really like cooking with butter. Okay. We are <laughs> synapses are firing. Yeah. We're in here here um and for the most part my recovery went extremely well like i was uh, improving really well and i think in about eight weeks i had transitioned off crutches um and the reason i was not walking for that first six weeks is because of that meniscus repair so they really right. wanted to make sure it was nice and anchored down before you start doing anything load bearing with it so after about six weeks i started to transition off and I was walking just fine. I barely had a limp. You know, I was like leaps and bounds doing everything on my PT homework. I was eating. He was eating really well. Uh, I was doing I was staying within the limitations of my physical therapy, you know, like not kind of like taking an inch and a mile um, every time I had a good day. And then for reasons that cannot be explained at about the 13 week mark, right? So I am really cruising, like my recovery has been so smooth. And I this is about end of January. Um, my squadron 
has actually gone onto the boat as part of our workup training. And I'm starting to get really excited that I'm going to make deployment, you know, like I was like, Hey, if I continue like this, I should be running my PRT and doing swim fizz in April, May ish, getting my waiver from um, NAMI, which is like medical board for naval aviation that kind of decides if you're fit for a flight status. And then I'll do a couple warm-up flights and we'll be back in it. You know, like I will make deployment, which is the primary thing that I have been training for this entire time. Okay. Yeah. This is the whole point of everything that you've been doing is going on deployment and like flying the tactics, launching so off the carrier, right? going to do everything that you've trained to do. Uh, since 2015, right. It's been a long time coming um, and lots of ups and downs. And then in the beginning of February, one day I was awesome. I had just finished this amazing physical therapy session where I really felt like I was on cloud nine, you know, like I was doing everything I was supposed to do and my body was responding, which is night and day different from my Achilles tendon where I felt like I had to beg my body for healing. Um, So one day I was great. The next day my knee had swollen and Uh, I couldn't walk across my house. And I was like, well, I have arthritis, right? So because of that uh, impact, so I think they call it post-traumatic arthritis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I have arthritis. That does tend to give me some high pain days. I'm not going to lie, but this is different. This is that kind of like nine and 10 acute kind of pain that is very different from the dull daily arthritis pain that I have. It's extremely different. And not only that, I'm regressing in PT. Uh, I'm going backwards or things I can't do anymore that I was just doing days before I had to get back into crutches. Like that's how bad the pain was. And I was like, what is this? So, um, after about 10 days, I was like, you know what, this is, this is different. So they were like, Hey, we can't like your physical exam looks fine, but we can't really like determine what's going on. Your x-ray looks good. Um, your like a uh, pin is still in the right place. So maybe this is just a really bad arthritis day. Um, but come back if it continues. So about a month later, I'm really feeling the pressure of getting back up for deployment. My squadron right, is antsy. Crunch. They're like, Hey, when are you? Yeah. Like, when can you fly? Like we can only take so many people on deployment. And if you're not going to make it, we need to know so that we can get someone to replace you. You know, like this is kind of where we're at. I'm stressed. They're stressed. Everybody's stressed. So <laughs> I go in on an emergency basis. Thankfully, my husband had just gotten back at the end of February. So, right. So I finally got my person that's kind of with me. He's got fresh energy to be like, Hey, what's going on? So I go in there and my orthopedic surgeon is like, all right, this is not what you want to hear, but you have definitely torn something. Um, your physical exam is not good. Your knee has a lot of fluid in it. So we got a emergency MRI, which was same day. Like they cleared their whole schedule for me. Um, I went in, got an MRI a few days later. He's like, all right, this is what's happened. Your ACL looks weak and very thready, right? It's not strong. Um, like it should be at approaching four months. Um, your meniscus root tear has failed. Uh, so it's come back apart from the bone. And not only has it done that, but I think when it was injured, and this is just a hypothesis because we don't actually know what happened to this day. I've asked everybody, I was like, I was, I was doing exactly what I was supposed to do and it still failed. And he's like, well, there is a a percentage of failure, you know, like there's a 40% chance of failure and that's not a small number. Um, so, 
uh, that you you are there. You are in the 40% that did everything right and the meniscus root repair still failed. So um, when it failed, I guess it slingshot to the other side. So now we're on the inboard side, which was largely unaffected the first time. And now the medial side, which is the inboard side, has almost matching damage, right? So the the cartilage on the medial side has almost the same big chunk grade of cartilage four. missing yeah. all the way to the bone grade four much. down to bone yep so there's barely any cartilage left on my femur at this point there is a big old tear in the medial side the meniscus is kind of like pinching between the tibia and the femur which is why it's been so hard for me to stand up straight and lock my knee out because it's in between um and it's bad it's like probably <laughs> it's somehow even worse than than the first injury and at that point I knew I wasn't going to make deployment and not only was I not going to make deployment but I had at least two surgeries to look forward to uh in the future and that damage that cartilage damage is not great for someone who's 28 young active uh it's it's the kind of stuff that you would see like much much later on in life yeah. Um, and, and you have, you was, know, and was, you have another ligament injury, you know, with the posterior lateral corner injury as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so my like IT band had been completely stretched out because it was holding my knee together by a thread, right? There was nothing else pretty much doing its job, you know? So that's where all the fluid was, was in that big old pocket where my um, ligament was trying to keep everything together. Um, and so it's so stretched out that I actually need a posterior lateral corner where they will put in a cadaver, uh, piece and kind of put reset everything under the same tension. And so that was an open knee surgery. So not arthroscopic like before, um, and a much longer recovery time. So like you said, you're trying to, you're on a time crunch. Rehab is going well. Husband's coming home. Boom. Major setback. Everything's looking up. Boom. Everything looking huge, up. Huge, huge setback. And it was it was a huge setback because not only could I was I out of time in the Navy's eyes to be down. So at some point after six months of being down from your medical status, which I was, um, you have to go limited duty. Where now it's this protected medical class where it alerts the Navy that you are so injured or so sick that you are not on your standard career timeline. So um, I had to go limb do, which means that I had to leave my squadron. And because I had to leave my squadron, I did not make deployment. And I, right after my surgery, I actually watched all of my friends go on deployment and leave me behind. Uh, so that was a huge blow. I think emotionally, I grieved it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Meanwhile, you know, I'm back in crutches again. I had just gotten done with this. I'm back in crutches. I have another surgery. And I'm, it's like, you know, Groundhog Day, where I'm back to square one after all these months of doing everything right, of working hard, uh, you know, getting through, having to beg everybody, you know, to, to be with me and to help me while I'm essentially incapacitated. And it was, it was emotionally very, very draining um, to kind of receive that blow, both physically and emotionally. So what do you turn to for inner strength at that point? Um, honestly, uh, I turned to a ward. It was a little bit, I'm, I'm going to be honest. It was kind of strained. I was like, Lord, I don't get it. Like 
I have already done this whole circus, you know, of, of physical injury. And not only that, I thought that this career was the plan, you know, because we had been on timeline. I was doing well. Um, I was finally where I was supposed to be. Like, I thought this was the whole plan. And of course, it's so funny, right? Like you think the plan is the plan and the Lord's like, you know what? I actually got other plans. <laughs> yep. So I don't know what those plans are, but it's a bit frustrating to be in the dark and kind of like completely pulled from what you thought was the plan. Um, and then also I went to therapy. I was entirely like, I was like, I need to talk to someone because I cannot, this is too much for my brain to comprehend. Like I am reeling from this back and forth. I'm reeling from having to start at square one. I'm reeling from having my career from way off timeline. Um, and most of my friends are gone. and uh, this is hard. This is really, really hard. But at the same time, I had my husband there this time. So he was there and that definitely softened the blow to have your partner there, uh, with you in, in the suck, in, in the hard parts where, um, I don't even want to get out of bed. Getting into the shower is miserable you know, go facing every day, giving my recovery, my all was, was tough. So it was awesome to have him there. Absolutely. Um, and where are you now from your surgery? and recovery? Uh, All right. So we are, I guess going into week five or month five, um, the three and four month mark, I was holding my breath the whole time because that was the last time that my graft had torn. Oh, and by the way, uh, my first surgery actually did with a different surgeon. So I went down to San Diego's Balboa orthopedic wing and had the chairman. So the guy, I was like, I even asked you what I should do. I asked a couple other surgeons and I asked him what I should do. And you all, you guys all had the same plan, um, which told me that I couldn't delay the surgery, uh, if I wanted to. So we had a two stage plan, right? We were going look at the ACL, uh, do the posterior lateral corner, take a piece of cartilage for a, a biopsy to kind of be able to either regrow it or kind of get a size match. Um, for the second surgery, which is going to be my cartilage repair. So the second surgery was going to be the surgery that would uh, use, like help my quality of life in terms of pain, right? Long term, the right. cartilage loss is all down to bone. Yeah. So it's all down to bone. It's very painful and stiff these days. Um, and then after I get out of my first surgery and after I do my two week follow up, he's like, Hey, here's what happened. We were able to save most of your meniscus instead of taking it out. Like the contingency plan was your ACL is still in one piece. So we left it in your posterior lateral corner went great. You know, your IT band is holding, but your cartilage damage is actually through the other side to the joint. So now it's actually on the tibia side as well. And once it has crossed over to the tibia side, you are no longer a candidate for cartilage repair surgery. And I was like, oh, what? Another thing, you know? Like what could possibly go worse? I am stuck with this knee and this is what I have. And not only is it uh, bad damage that is still left in there, it's for life now. Like this is, this is it. Like the only other thing they can do for me start taking things out slash a full joint replacement, which I'm not even eligible for until you're like 
way on the other side of 40. Like and you're 28 years old. Those, yeah, and I'm 28 because even full joint replacements don't even last that long. They're like 15, 20 years maybe before you're kind of in the same thing. So I'm 28 now and I have my whole life ahead of me where I have this need to manage. Um, and so that is when I really started to having to make life career decisions that would benefit me long-term. I was like, do I want to get my one shot of glory in the F-18 or do I want to wake up 10 years from now, not in pain, I'm able to get on the ground and play with my kids, I'm able to go on a hike, I'm able to be active, I'm able to thrive in my life. You know, like what what do I want? Do I want my whole life? Do I want these next couple years of in the F-18, you know? So we kind of had to make the decision um, that I was not going to get in the jet anymore because the damage was just too severe. It is uh, not worth the risk to me. And that is just my personal decision. Somebody else could make a different decision, but I was like, the damage is too severe. There are no surgical repair options left. And I would be holding my breath every time, um, wondering if I'm going to injure it again. And oh, by the way, my arthritis is so bad that I have to get up every couple of hours to walk around to make sure that it doesn't lock up completely. And if you're doing an eight arm and then the F-15, obviously you can't stand up. So that was another thing um, that was a consideration. Wow. And, but, you know, through this, all that you've been through, number one, I'm so glad that you're sharing this story. And I'm so glad that you have the strength uh, to share this story because you're going to help so many people hearing your story. You know, and I know that you've learned a lot, just things that are not in the textbook because no one else can tell you how to recover from a recurrent knee injury with grade four, you know, arthritic changes in a 28 year old because it's not in the textbooks. So you're literally writing yeah. your own story. And the fact that you are able to use your your recovery um, and use your new discoveries to help other people is just as valuable to the surgical field and very valuable to another struggling patient that's sitting at home trying to figure out what in the world do I do. And for another person who's yeah. invested so much time into reaching, getting right on the cusp of, you know, fulfilling that dream or reaching that goal and it kind of falls apart, what do you do at that point? This is awesome. You know, the fact that you, I know that you've discovered some things in your diet that you've been sharing uh, with other people, um, you know, that nobody told you. Yeah. It's just stuff that you learned on your own. So, you know, continue to live each day and appreciate each day and share your experience because, I mean, it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's very much a, my whole body is like a science experiment at this point, which is kind of fun, right? But it's also hard because you want someone to just give you the answer. You want to have the answer that will take away the daily, you know, six, seven, eight level arthritis pain every day. You want someone to tell you exactly how to get full function back, which you're never going to have. You want someone to tell you how to get your quads to match the same size again, you know, like you, you want someone to just give you that answer, but everybody is different. I already know that mine has a really slow recovery. And so, and I also knew 
that being on heavy painkillers was going to be bad for me because it took me about a month, I think, to detox fully from a surgical uh, pain medication that we used in the surgery and the narcotics that I used uh, post-op. Uh, it took me a very long time to fully detox from that. And I knew that if I continue to use them um, or continue to use like non-narcotic, still heavy painkillers, that I would be addicted to them for life. Like that's immediately how my body was. So I made the decision to not use those. I used Tylenol. And then now I've kind of come up with this hippie, a naturopathic routine that is keeping my arthritis pain level down. Um, and that it's been super surprising and also really awesome to know that I can manage it. Uh, if I'm careful, I can, I can pretty much manage uh, my day-to-day life, which is awesome. Great. That's great. And continue to share those findings um, because that'll help other people as well. Oh yeah, my Instagram stories, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, That's go ahead and tell us how we can keep up with your stuff. journey. Tell us about that. How do you, how do uh, people follow along with you? Um, so I have uh, my Instagram, which is called uh, Bionic underscore Jess. Uh, actually changed that with my second surgery. It was just like Jessica Grantham, but I changed it to Bionic Jess one because I wanted, I wanted it to embody kind of like I am you know, going through this recovery, but I'm still trying to come out on top. So, um, I, it's private right now, but I'll probably still friend request you. And then I have a running story of my first round of surgery and I have a running story for my second round of surgery. And I'm about to have to make a whole new highlight, uh, for just nutrition and kind of how to fuel your body through recovery. Um, and all the training that I've been doing to try and regain um, proprioception and function for day to day. So, yeah. uh, I'm learning as I go and I'm just trying to do it so that other people kind of like have hope or options, right? Like you don't have to do painkillers. Like there are ways to figure out how to manage pain, but it definitely takes some trial and error, um, and how to kind of thrive in your life and not just accept basic functionality. And the awesome part about your story is that it is still being written. Um, you know, we often get to talk to people that look back and say, man, that was a tough time. This is what I learned. But you are bold enough to share your story as you're writing it, which is so much more powerful and, the you know, very meaningful to other people that are going through it as well. So I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate yeah, you been... allowing me to introduce you to the world. So, you know, we lost Black Panther, but Moms, dads, oh, kids have just God. found their new superhero in Jessica Grantham. So, you know. Oh, I am flattered. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on Time Out with the Sports Doctor, this is your final timeout. You know, I don't know what else you could possibly share, but, you know, how do you, what do you tell someone who might be going through the same thing that you're going through, who put in years and years of work? and they are about to reach out and grab it and it slips away. What do you have to, to tell them? You know, I don't even think I have an answer to that. I'm still kind of like grieving my own time and, and processing that and trying to just take it day by day. Sure. But I will give advice that, that somebody else shared with me. He's actually an amputee. He's called Carbon Fiber John on Instagram. 
Um, but he told me that that starting from square one is actually not square one. Like every iteration of having to start over, you will still have the culmination of all your experiences, right? So you need to stop comparing yourself to before and the glory days and whatever, because this this current situation that you have is now your new normal. And the only way through is forward. Um, so you just keep that in mind every single time you have to rebuild. Um, it's not really a, a square zero. It's it's just still an addition to what your life story is. That's strong, very strong. Well, thank you again for your time. Uh, thank you for pouring out your life story here. And, you know, you have to come back again, you know, because think about it. If you went from number 36 out of 36 to number one in your flight <laughs> yeah. school, you know, if God brought you through that <laughs> to just kind of see it fall apart, imagine what the next height is going to be. So, you know, I can't wait because your story is a book. Your so I told you your story is a Disney movie in the making, and I'm serious as a heart attack about that. Um, so it's going to be huge. So just continue to fight, continue to push through and continue to share. And, you know, it's going to be an awesome ending for you. I will. Thanks for joining with me. All right. Thank you again. Thank you for continuing to support this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a five-star review. And if you haven't done so, subscribe so you continue to get the updated episodes. Until later. Peace.